Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, I would like to invite you to the first chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew, the first chapter, verse number 21. The Scripture says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I want to talk to you for a little while today from this thought. The only reasonable response to heaven's gift. The only reasonable response to heaven's gift. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing during the reading of the Word. It could go without saying, but I feel compelled to say it anyway. Heaven's greatest gift to earth was, is, and will always be the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest gift that heaven has ever given to earth. This is why we're here today. This is why... You gathered on Christmas Eve morning. This is why I met you here. To celebrate His glorious entrance into the mundane existence of humanity. Anybody thankful that Jesus Christ was born? Anybody glad that He came? Amen. I know that I'm glad about it. I pray that the reality of what this means never loses its wonder and awe on you and I. That somehow we always keep it in the forefront of our minds. That Jesus Christ came to this earth. Amen. That is the gift that will never, never, never lose its awe and wonder in my mind. I am thankful for that. In my 52 years of life and 52 years of Christmas celebrations, all of the gifts, all of the presents, all of the things that have come my way through that half century of living, nothing compares to the gift that heaven gave to earth when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. It is the greatest gift that's ever been given. No gift that I have ever received compares to that gift. No gift that I will ever receive in the days ahead will compare to that gift. Now, think with me for a moment about the exact verbiage that we read in the text. It says, He shall save His people from their sins. He shall save His people from their sins. What a purpose unparalleled in my mind. A purpose unparalleled. He shall save His people from their sins. What a task. Incomprehensible. Incomprehensible to me and to you also what it would require to fulfill that He shall save His people from their sins. A purpose and task 
like no other. But notice here, it was determined and it was ironclad, sure, if you will, before it ever began, before he ever breathed his first breath, before he ever squealed in his first cry. He was already set on a course that would cost him everything. Everything was determined. It was sure. And it started before he ever came. He shall save his people from their sin. There was no question about it. There was no ambiguity in the writer's uh, description of this. The declaration was, He shall save. Not He might, or He could, or there's a possibility, or if the stars align, or if everything works out right. None of that was in the declaration. It simply said, He shall save. By whatever means necessary, whatever length he has to go to, whatever sacrifice that needs to be made, he shall save. And save he did. Anybody thankful for that? The story of his life, the story of his ultimate sacrifice at Calvary details what salvation is really required. Read the story again and you will be taken back at what it cost him. His life, short life, just 33 and a half years. His life, his sacrifice is detailed in the Scripture. I wonder if anybody could just thank him or can we thank him together? For not only Bethlehem's manger, but for Calvary's cross. Anybody thankful for for what Jesus Christ did for you and I? I'm thankful for what He did. Now, the story didn't end there 2,000 years ago. And this is where I want to go today for just a little while, uh, if you will allow me. Can, Can we just take a moment and really consider what the reasonable, and I I use the word only, you can use whatever word you would like, but the only, in my opinion, the only reasonable response to heaven's gift is what you and I will do today with what He did for us back then. Now, it demands a response. What He did demands a response. He came and unselfishly gave of Himself, shed every drop of blood, poured all out for people who were standing in judgment against Him. People who were raising cruel and evil hands toward Him. In fact, the Bible lets us know that the same people who worshipped Him one day with palm branches and celebrating His entrance were the same people within days who were crying out, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Same people. 
same audience. How quickly we can turn. How quickly we can forget. How quickly it fades away in our human thoughts. But no matter what you feel today, what He did at Calvary demands a response. Whether that response is something positive or something negative, it demands a response. You cannot just pass by Calvary and ignore the sacrifice. You cannot just read about His life and act as though it was no big deal. It demands a response. The Bible said that some that passed by the cross just smote their breast and walked on. There were others that hung beside Him that, that said to Him, would you remember there was response. There was a, a soldier who fell down at his knees and, and cried out, surely there's something different. There was response all around. And it demands response today. That that demand is still intact. To ignore Jesus' obedience to the divine plan is unthinkable. The divine plan was, as I stated earlier, He shall save. Before it ever began, that was the plan. Before He ever cried, breathed, crawled, walked. The plan was He shall save His people from their sin. Now, to ignore that plan is unthinkable, but but our day, our time when we live right now, just like time past, is filled with those who do just that. Ignore the sacrifice. Ignore the command. Ignore the purpose. Ignore the task. Ignore what happened. This world is filled with people who ignore He shall save His people from their sin. The question then is, what will you do? What will I do with this? Will I ignore it? Will I walk on? Will I... Uh, act as though it didn't happen, or will I respond to that? The Spirit of God is, as I have said in times past, a gentleman, the, the perfect gentleman, consummate gentleman. There's no way to describe it any greater that, that just waits for the response of His beloved. Just waits to see what the object of His affection will do when that affection is shown. A gentleman doesn't force his way. A gentleman doesn't demand his way. A gentleman doesn't in any way try to coerce. The gentleman just says, this is the way I feel and I'll show you that by the way I'm living my life. Now, how will you respond to that? That's what the Spirit of God is doing even today. Giving people opportunity to respond to what He did. Some people choose to ignore it and Look for another lover somewhere. (laughs) Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love too many places. (laughs) I'm not talking about that kind of love. He literally is offering to humanity no matter where they are from, no matter what their history, past, knowledge, understanding is. doesn't matter their 
economic status. It doesn't matter their level of education. It doesn't matter what land, country. It doesn't matter. He just offers freely to anyone and everyone as the Scripture declared. Just let them all come. Just let anyone come. I'm not going to be selective in this. It's for anyone and everyone. But I'm not going to force that. I'll just wait for their response to see what they will do and how they will respond to this. The Bible said in Luke 1, 67, it says, uh, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost. This is speaking of John the baptizer. And prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Stay with me. For He hath visited and redeemed His people and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David as He spake by the mouth of His holy prophets which have been since the world began. Now verse 71 says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Zacharias is speaking here now after a long time of silence. He had been silenced throughout the pregnancy of his wife because of his doubt that it actually was going to happen, that they were going to have a child. And now, after the naming of that child, he is saying what this is all about. He said in verse 72, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant, the oath which He sware to our father Abraham. Now, let's go on to verse 74, that He would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our our enemies might serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. Now, I read to you several verses here out of the book of Luke and there were two verses that that stand out. One is 71, that we should be saved from our enemies. Why was this horn of salvation raised up? Why was there someone born there in the family of David? What would this be about? He said that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. What was His purpose? Salvation. What was the plan? Saving us. Making a difference. And then He went on to say in verse 74 that He would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, saved, redeemed, changed, caught out, when this happens, He said that we might serve Him without fear. Serve Him in holiness. Serve Him in righteousness. All the days of our life. Not serve Him half-heartedly. Serve Him with just the part that we're willing to give up. But He said to serve Him in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives. Now do you see here, do you hear in this uh, word the expected response? The only 
reasonable response to heaven's gift. It's there. It's in verse 74. It's easy to see. The only reasonable response to heaven's greatest gift is to serve Him. It's the only response that matters. It's the only response that He looks for. Someone to serve Him. Not someone just to thank Him. Someone just to love Him. Someone just to believe in Him. But someone to serve Him. Believing is one thing. Honoring is one thing. But serving is something completely different. Serve Him. It's the one paramount, I think, challenge of the day. And probably the greatest challenge for humanity as a whole. Because in our base nature, every one of us, we want nothing to do with serving. We want to be served, but we don't want to serve. I mean... You can, you can put on the facade and say, oh, you don't know me. I'm just, I'm just the willing party here. I may not know you, but I know flesh. And all flesh is the same. At the end of the day, without Him, it's all about us. It's all about you and I. It's all about what we can gain, what we can receive, what we can achieve, what we can acquire. It's all about us because we feel that we will be taken advantage of if I really serve somebody, they may not appreciate it. If I go out of my way, they may not notice it. If I go out of my way, no one, how do I know they're going to thank me for that? What am I going to get out of this? I don't want to be taken advantage of, and I see it happen so many times, so why serve? It's best just to leave it all alone because I don't want to be taken advantage of. I I don't want to be used. I'm tired of being used in some unnecessary way. That's flesh. And rightfully so because we have been used. And and we have uh, had people take advantage of us. And so we're apprehensive about the next opportunity to just go out of our way and serve because of what happened to me last time and what happened to me all those other times. Now, I just want nothing to do with it. Just let me live in my world. Leave me alone and everything will be okay. Don't ask anything. Don't demand anything. Don't expect anything. And we'll get along great. That's flesh. It is the paramount challenge for humanity to serve. Now, I've I, I got to go on a little bit farther here because it says this. I know, I know it's not a new concept, but let me just remind you. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. 
doesn't say serve the Lord with hesitation. Serve the Lord with question. Serve the Lord with your own expectation. Serve the Lord for what you can get out of it. Serve the Lord because it serves you right. Serve the Lord. No, it just says serve the Lord with gladness. If everything's great in your life or everything's horrible in your life. If everything's favorable in your life or if everything's against you in your life. The Bible just says serve the Lord with gladness. Don't serve Serve the Lord apprehensively. Don't serve the Lord with hesitation. Don't serve the Lord with your own set of demands. Don't serve the Lord with your own, you better do this and I will. No, serve the Lord with gladness. Just simply because you have the opportunity to serve Him. I just want to serve Him because I love Him. I choose to serve Him. No matter what the flesh wants to say, The Bible said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Not come before His presence with complaint. Come before His presence with frustration. Come before His presence with crying. Come before His presence with all of your despair. Come before His presence feeling sorry for yourself. Come before His presence... You may have all of those things going on in your life, but when you come into His presence, the Scripture demands of us that we come in singing. Well, you don't know what I've been through this week. You don't know what I had to face. You don't know how down I've been and how sick I've been and what happened on my job and what's going on in my future. doesn't look like the... Listen, the Bible doesn't give us an out. To come with our long laundry list and say, well, I'll do that when you do this and when you meet that, then I'll... No, it doesn't work that way. The Bible just said, serve the Lord with gladness. Just serve Him in a glad, happy manner. Be glad. Just set it in your mind. Set it in your heart. Set it in your life. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. Not because someone's forcing me to go to church. Someone's dragging me in the house of the Lord. Someone in my home is saying, this is going to be a holy place. You're going to pray. No, I serve the Lord because I'm glad for the opportunity to know Him in a world that is so full of sin and despair. Serve Him with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Get up in the morning and sing the Lord a song. We may not want to hear it, but I'm sure He'll enjoy it. I mean, there's just some singing I don't want to hear. But I'm not God, and I I can't tolerate everything, and He can. See, the Scripture said He knows how much to put on us. I mean, so He knows there's, I have limits, but there is no limit with Him. He's infinite, so there's no limit. He's eternal, so He's good with all kinds of singing. I'm not good with all kinds of singing because I have boundaries. Look at your neighbor and just smile at him. <laughs> Come before Him with a song in your heart. Come before Him with praise on your lips. God doesn't want to hear every horrible, difficult, challenging, feel sorry for me every day of my life prayer every time you walk in the room. I mean, occasionally just say, hey, it's awesome, I love you. Let me sing a song to you today. Sing a song unto the Lord. Come, the Bible said to serve Him with gladness. Have you ever seen people who look like uh, serving the Lord is the most horrible thing that's ever happened in their life? 
I've seen those kind of people, and it's just miserable the way they're trying to live for God. It's a drudgery, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and everything's a sacrifice. And if you only knew, hey, you can make a choice. If it's that bad, go back to the world. Because it at least says you'll have fun for a season. You'll have hell to pay, but enjoy it now. Why, why serve God? It's just so horrible. Living for God is the most challenging thing. And I just, we can't, and I don't know why, and they demand, if it's that bad, go live it up. But if you're going to live for Him and serve Him, then do it with gladness. Do it with a smile on your face. Do it with joy in your heart. Come before His presence with singing. The only reasonable response to heaven's gift is to serve the Lord with the right mindset and attitude and approach and posture. Because if you want a rough life, live for God with a bad attitude. It's worse than just being in sin. Oh yes, you know I'm telling you the truth. So, the willing, the willingness to be willing to submit ourselves to Him is one thing. But gladly serving Him is another thing. I'm willing to, I'm willing, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to submit. That's hard for us to do, but I'm willing to do it. Well, if you're willing to do it, then get glad about serving Him. Just be be glad that you have the opportunity to serve Him. It is the highest honor that's ever been granted to an individual to serve the Lord. There is no greater honor than to serve the Lord. You could not go win Powerball $200 or $300 million and it'd be a greater experience than serving the Lord. Serving the Lord is the greatest thing that could ever happen and honor that would come into anyone's life. John 12, 26 says this, If any man serve me, Jesus said, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. See, I'm not just saying it's an honor to serve Him. The Bible says that. You serve Him and follow Him and heaven will honor you. Come on, think about that for a moment. Think about what Jesus said. My Father, Him will my Father honor. You want heaven's honor? Serve the Lord. Follow the Lord. Do that with a glad heart. Come before His presence with singing, and heaven will honor your life. If no, well, no one in my family respects me. Nobody on my job. Who cares? Heaven honors you because you are following and serving the Lord. There is no greater approval. There is no greater stamp of appreciation than to have a heaven honoring your life because you serve the Lord. That's amazing to me. Right now, right now, heaven is smiling upon this place. Right now, heaven is honoring the people sitting in this house even now. 
Serving means by definition, and I've only picked out a few of them, to act as a servant, to render assistance or be of use, to help. In a biblical sense, it is to act as a server, to render obedience or homage to God, a sovereign. It's obedience. I just obey Him because I'm serving Him. And if that's what he asks, that's what I'll do. You go to a restaurant and you ask the waiter or the server that is there, hey, I would like, as Matt orders, an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> and they come back with buttermilk. <laughs> what would you say, Matt? This, this, isn't, this isn't really what I was wanting. This isn't what I ordered. Oh, 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 what, what did you order? I, I want an Arnold Palmer. Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And they come back with some soft drink. You're like, that's not... See, if you're going to serve the request of someone, then you just do what they're asking. You don't stay there with a pen and paper saying... Now, before I can do that, I'm going to have to interview you and, and find out what is this fascination that you have with tea and lemonade? And, and is it one or the other, the mixture? How? Listen, before I can get to that, I'm going to need to know all the ins and outs of why that tastes so good to you. And where did this start? Wouldn't you be frustrated if you were at someone's table and this was going on. I mean, Bria, she would say, Matt. 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 That's what we do to the Lord. He says, but this is what, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm asking. This is what I want. Well, I'm going to have to interview you before I... Because I'm not sure that I'm willing to do that. I'm not sure that I'm willing to give that. I'm not sure that I'm willing to part. I'm not sure that I want to leave that because... He's just saying, this is what I'm looking for. And if you're going to serve the Lord, you don't interview Him every time He asks something of your life. You, some people are 20 years later still trying to figure out if it's really worth doing. There are some things that I settled a long time ago that I stopped asking questions about, that I stopped wondering about, that, that, that no longer enter into my mind all these years later. Should I? Should I not? Will I? Will I not? Is that okay? Is that not okay? It's the Lord. He's asking it of my life. Who am I to say, why would you ever want that? I just want to serve Him with gladness. It's the only reasonable response to heaven's Gift. Heaven's gift was this. He shall save His people from their sin. You know what heaven's gift was? Your freedom from sin. Heaven's gift was your freedom from addiction. Your freedom from fear. Your freedom 
from sickness, your freedom from pain, your freedom from trouble, your freedom from eternity without the Lord. Heaven's gift was there's a way out for you no matter who you are or where you come from. And so the response should be, I'll serve the Lord with gladness because at least I don't have to end up like my story was written in the first place of how it would end for me. He changed all of that. And because He changed that, I'm glad about it. I want to serve Him. If He asked that of my life, to render obedience, to render homage to God, a sovereign, to provide by definition with a regular or continuous supply of something. If you are serving, how many times do you go to the restaurant that we were talking about and by illustration, you get frustrated if your glass sits there empty, I drank my water, where is the refill? Hey, I need another Arnold Palmer. Hey, I need some more water. How frustrating is it to remind the server that's part of the job description? Part of the job description isn't standing behind the counter texting where nobody can see and forget about coming to my table. If you're at work, put the phone up and bring some water back to the table. Bring the bread. Don't ask. Make me ask you ten times and then expect me to give you a 25% tip. Because you did so well and I was frustrated the hour and a half trying to get you back to my table. Stopping the busboy. Stopping the manager. Stopping the hostess. Hey, can I get something over here? See, if you're serving then it is something that is regular and it is continuous. Just keep coming back by the table. You're serving. It's, re- it's what you do. So if you're serving the Lord, it isn't just something you do on Sunday. And then all week He said, hey, you mind coming by with gladness today and just saying hello to me? Or we got to wait till Sunday to talk. See, if you're serving the Lord, it's regular. If you're serving the Lord, it's continuous. If you're serving the Lord, it's constant. It's every day. It's not on just the big holiday weekends. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's every day serving the Lord. It's in your life. It flows out of you. These are literally just a few examples. But they should suffice. So, the reasonable response to heaven's gift is to serve the Lord. Simply, simply put, serve the Lord. Nothing else in one's life means more or holds greater weight than serving the Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 24. He said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. That's not manna. Mammon. You can't serve both. Either God is everything or your job's everything. Either God's everything or your family's everything. Either God's everything or entertainment's everything. Either God's everything or money is everything. Either God's everything, or education is everything. Nothing wrong with those things, but you can't serve them. 
Some of us are more regular, consistent, pay respect, obedience, bow down to everything but Him. And He's at the bottom of the list. And if we get time and work through all those other things, I'm going to give Him a few moments of my life and actually believe that He's okay with that. He said you can't do it that way. It's the only reasonable response to heaven's gift. Serve the Lord. Let Him be first in everything in your life. Everyone serves something. And everyone serves someone. Who, who will that be in your life? This is an all or nothing proposition and time will not allow me today to fully develop it all and bring explanation to all of this truth. So I want to close with this thought. One of the ways to serve Him is found in Luke twenty two twenty four. If you just want to walk away with one thing, here it is. And there was also strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is, for whether is great he that setteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that setteth at meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. So one thing you could leave here with is this. If you really want to serve him, then serve one another. He said, you all want to be great. You all want to be in charge. You all want to have it all together. But he was just... Days away from departure. And he said, what matters to me is that I came as a servant. Just a short time of earthly life left. It's the words and instructions that he gave. He came to save and set an example of service that we should follow that lead. So make serving Him your pursuit. It's the gift He wants most from us. And when you cannot figure out exactly how to serve Him, then just look for someone else in your life to bless. And when you bless them, you have blessed Him. When you touch them, you have touched Him. When you feed them, when you clothe them. This, this offering isn't about us. This is about others. Because we want to serve Him. And the best way I know of serving Him is by giving someone else an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The one thing that has made the difference in my life. Let's stand today and give Him praise in this house.
Lord, help us to respond to your gift by serving. Help us to serve in a glad manner. Help us to serve, Lord, you by serving our brothers and sisters. By serving people that are less fortunate. By serving others who have yet to hear the gospel that so changed our lives. I want to invite you to come and stand with me for a moment here around the altar. And I want us to pray together on this Christmas Eve 2000.